Hello and welcome to the Modern Age Christian Podcast. I'm the host, Nick Dyson, and welcome back. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'm uh, very thankful and very excited to be back here producing new podcast episodes the first and third Monday of every month, beginning here in April. So I'm recording this in advance, still a couple weeks prior to us starting the month of April, but I'm excited for these episodes to be coming out and releasing to you guys. So already planning out episodes and planning out what we're going to talk about. Again, the goal of this podcast is I'm really wanting to touch on some really relevant modern issues, things that we are currently experiencing and dealing with, and addressing them from a Christian perspective so we can talk about those. So I'm a young adult, as you can tell, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, that should be obvious. Maybe you can tell by my voice, but either way, I'm a young adult. I'm a Christian, and I do very much take note of things that are going on in our modern world. So if this is your first time joining us on the podcast, uh, welcome. I'm very glad you're joining me, and I hope you find my perspective and my thoughts from a biblical perspective helpful when dealing with these certain issues. So a lot's happened since I've been producing uh, these episodes. A lot of different things have happened, both uh, personally, professionally, and a lot of different things. Change of job, as well as taking on more responsibilities at my church, including um, me and my wife are now over the youth program at our church. So there's a lot that's been going on, but I'm excited to add back in this podcast. So I may be a little late to the party for our topic for today, but I hope you guys bear with me. I know a lot of other uh, content creators, podcasters, and I feel like most pastors have addressed this to some extent in the last month or so. But I wanted to put out there my thoughts and how I'm addressing the Asbury Revival, and specifically other revivals that have popped up across universities. Now, at this point, uh, mid-March, and by the release of this podcast episode, I'm anticipating it being somewhat similar, where there has not been a lot of conversation around revival or the Asbury revival. It came, it blew up, was a huge thing, and then it just kind of faded, and we don't hear much out of it. So I want to talk about what revival technically should be, how we should look at the Asbury revival, but more importantly, how we should look at revival as a term and how we should pray or look for that. So if you look up the definition of revival, so I've got my tablet here in front of me. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to look down and read a few things here. If you look up the definition for revival, the top two that come back is an improvement in the condition or strength of something. The second is an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. So if we address that to a Christian perspective, it is by definition, Christians that have maybe gone cold, they're not as strong in their faith as they used to be. They, maybe they're not seeing their faith as important as it should be. Essentially, they've just become cold, and my mind immediately goes to two churches in Revelation that there are messages sent to the seven churches in early on in the book of Revelation, and 
there's two specifically that are addressed, and this is Jesus speaking a message to these churches. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, this is a church um, that is a cold, dead church, essentially. And Jesus says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. And the second church, or another church that came to mind was Revelation 3.16. And when Jesus speaks to them, he says, So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That sounds rather harsh to call one dead and to tell the other he's going to vomit them out of his mouth. Very blunt. But I think you got you have to understand that our faith is very important that we're active. We're producing fruit as Christians is kind of the Christianese terminology here, where we're actively doing things. We're showing our faith. We are faithful. There's a, a level of zeal or passion behind what we are doing as Christians. But if you become cold or lukewarm or you're not really passionate, you're not really cold, or you're just on the extreme and you're cold and have no passion, no zeal whatsoever, you've got problems. And these churches, I believe, are examples we can look to and realize they've got problems. So what do they need? What would solve the problem for these churches? A revival. But what is a revival? What would a revival look like for these churches? I'm glad you asked. So the first thing we have to understand about a revival, and this is where I really will address the situation with Asbury specifically, revival is not about a place. Now that may sound strange, but Now that may sound strange, but you have to consider that revival is not limited to one specific place. Revival is something, and we'll get into more of the descriptions as we go, but it is fully dependent on the working of the Holy Spirit. So revival is not limited to one place because the Holy Spirit is not limited to one place. If we think for a moment as Christians that Asbury is the only place currently that can experience revival, we're sadly mistaken. If we think that is the only place that revival has happened recently, we're also very sadly mistaken. So Andrew Boner, um, he has this quote, and I want to share it with you. Revivals begin with God's own people. The Holy Spirit touches their heart anew and gives them new fervor and compassion and zeal, new light and life. And when he has thus come to you, he next goes forth to the Valley of Dry Bones, Oh, what responsibility this lays on the church of God. If you grieve him away from yourself or hinder his visit, then the poor perishing world suffers sorely. The entire thought around a revival is to a group of people that have grown cold or more distant. And it is that renewal, that renewal of zeal, renewal of passion, renewal of love for God the Father and for Christ. It is the working of the Holy Spirit renewing our passion, our fervor, our zeal, and making us want to go out and reach a lost and dying world once again. But it's also something that is the Holy Spirit working and touching those who have not accepted Christ. 
so that they will come to know Christ and then have passion and zeal and that fervor and go out to reach out to a lost and a dying world. So does this only happen at Asbury? No. Does it happen at your local church only? No. A individual person can experience revival anywhere. But now a community may experience revival in a communal setting, which would be a church or a gathering or a college or university. That can happen. It can start or initiate at a place. It could start with one person and turn into being in multiple places. I know recently we just took our youth from my church to see Jesus Revolution. It started from a small group of people, and then it grew into a massive movement in Southern California. That can happen. It starts with just a few and grows from there and can be classified as a revival. It started in one place and spread across the entire country. I think of all the Billy Graham crusades. He could only be in one place at one time. That was a limitation of the Billy Graham crusades. But a revival of the Holy Spirit or a Holy Spirit working revival in a community, a nation or a state, city, whatever, it's not limited to one place. It can be anywhere at any time. The second thing that I want to address is revival is not an event or something that can be scheduled. So I know a lot of churches, and especially in my area in kind of rural North Carolina, we have a lot of churches that schedule revival meetings and they have to have two per year. Or maybe they have three or four per year. Who, who knows what their planning is. But a revival meeting, by their classification, a revival meeting, using air quotes here, that is not a required church thing. That is not addressed anywhere in the Bible that we're instructed to have revival services or revival meetings. That's something that our modern church has come up with and started doing. To have week-long services or a few days of services, have a guest speaker come in, and we call it a revival service or a revival meeting. The th problem is with that, if revival does not happen in those instances, we're kind of mislabeling it. Essentially, we just had church for an entire week with a guest speaker. Revival is the working of people's hearts and their lives. It is a heart change and their passion and zeal returning and a love for Christ coming in so that they then go out and live more fervently for Christ. That's how I view revival. Can that happen in a scheduled revival service? Sure, it can. Does it happen? I would argue probably not. Not as much as we would like to believe it does. Because there is that instance of we can't schedule when the Holy Spirit is going to come in. And we say, okay, God, we want you to come in on this specific week every single year. And this is when we're going to have revival. So we just expect you to work on this week. That's not how that works. In truth, you should be praying for God and the Holy Spirit to be working every single day. You should be praying for revival regularly, recurring and constantly, not just once or twice a year. But we get so wrapped up in the event or the place rather than the work that takes place in a person's heart and life. And that's the most important. The next thing that I will address about revival, and this is one of the problems that I do have with Asbury and these other university revivals at the moment. You cannot truly know if revival has taken place 
sometimes until a period of time has passed. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes there may be some immediate evidence, signs, things that show revival is taking place at a place or at a specific time with certain people. Totally understand that, totally get that. But the biggest sign of a large-scale revival or a revival like we see at Asbury is if truly there is hearts and lives changed but it lasts longer than what the services did. So here again, we go back to the idea of scheduling a meeting or a revival that just lasts a certain period of time. Maybe it lasts for a month. You have a few good services. It stretches into a couple weeks. That's great. That's fantastic. But if you get to the end of the services and it ends, truly ends, and people's lives aren't changed, then I argue that may not have been a true revival. It may have been for one or two people, or it may have been for a hundred people, but what about the other thousands that just came and they left and nothing changed? That is a concern. That's something we have to pay attention to because we're so quick to call things a revival and say, this is a move of God, this is a revival. That's great and that's good to look at that but our hearts and lives being changed in a way that makes lasting changes and differences for their lives in the future. That is the biggest sign that you can have of a true revival coming, is when there are preachers coming out of it, there are missionaries coming out of it, there are young people giving their hearts and lives and they're dedicating their lives to Christ and they're living for him. People who are cold and distant, they come in, they repent of their sins, they pray and ask God to renew their spirit once again and they start to become passionate and have that zeal and they go out and share what God is doing in their lives with other people. That is where you are experiencing true revival is when lives are changed. So the last thing that I'm going to give you about this and the last thought and it ties into all of this, revival is not a one-time thing and it is not time restrictive. So a lot of people think that Oh, we have a revival. It lasted for a week of a meeting or wow, there's this revival and the meeting stretched into three or four weeks. And then that was it. That was the end of the revival. Absolutely hate that term end of the revival because truly if the revival ended, it wasn't much of a revival to start with, if we're being honest. But a revival is something that can return. It can spread. It can grow. A revival is something like the quote that I gave you, it begins with God's people. Touch, God's Spirit touching their hearts gives them that new fervor, zeal, that compassion, and they go out and they want to share and talk with other people and share their faith with other people. That is when you can tell revival is happening. It's not limited to a building, a place, a college, a university. It's not limited to just one single person. It is spread and it is talked about, and it is impactful to people. I think of this, that uh, Paul, when he was writing in Romans, he says, and I, I know I quote this verse often, it's one of my favorite Bible verses, he says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That idea of renewing, that is an ongoing action. It is not a one-time thing. If you're like me, 
I'll be completely honest with you. There are times that I feel distant from God. There are times you can have a level of coldness that comes in. Is that a problem? Are you a bad Christian when that happens? No, but you might need an element of revival to come in your heart and your life. You may need to pray and start telling God, I feel cold. I feel distant. God, revive me. Restore me. And I think of the psalmist. You can go in the Psalms and there's different psalmists that they all write and they're, revive me, Lord. Revive me again. Restore me. There's all of these things because they understand they need that. And it's a recurring thing. When you, Especially when you look at it from the perspective of a society. So take American church society as a whole. We have periods all throughout our history where there was a great revival and many lives were changed. Maybe there was great preachers came out of it, great theologians came out of it, and then things kind of quiet off and things kind of settle down. A period of time goes by, then there's another great revival and we see works of God, we see miracles happening, we see preachers coming out of it and all of these things, but then it kind of settles down after a while and calms down. We need that recurring revival. We need it to come back and we need it to keep going. So how do we get to that point? How do we keep revival coming back? How do we keep it continuing on? Pray about it regularly, constantly. Don't just assume it's coming and don't think other people are going to pray. And because they pray, it happens. You need to be on your knees praying and asking God to send revival as much as anybody else. But also you need to recognize that you need to be looking for it. Be expecting it. Look and expect God to move and to work. Seek Him fresh and new in your heart and life. It may be that the revival starts with you and first comes to you. And then it spreads to your church. And then it spreads to the churches in your community. And who knows? That might be the next Asbury. We don't know. But if you don't pray and you don't seek God, how will you know? You have to seek Him. You have to pursue revival. And I will admit, one thing with Asbury that does kind of bother me to some extent is all the people that I call them revival chasers. That they hear there's a work of God and they want to go and they just want to sit and experience. And they're not looking for God. They're not looking for their heart and life to be changed. They're just wanting to go and feel good in the moment and say that they were there. A good pat on the back for them. Yeah, good job. No, if you're going to go to something that appears to be a revival, go seeking what God wants for your life. Find what he wants to do in renewing you and how you need to be restored in him. That is the importance of revival. It's not about a place. It's not about a specific person. It's not about a certain set time that we have. No, it is about the work of the Holy Spirit in renewing hearts and lives of Christians and also drawing sinners to repentance in Christ. That is the big importance of revival, and that's why we need it. It's because we need faithful Christians here in our modern age that are going out, sharing the gospel, pointing people to Christ, and showing them the way that they can accept and believe in a holy and a righteous God. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, my thoughts and kind of thinking on Asbury. And I hope you don't think I'm bashing on Asbury or hate what's going on. I quite enjoyed all the stories and the videos and everything that I was seeing out of it because I do believe that there were hearts and lives changed that were there. 
I don't know to what extent or what growth that revival has, but I do believe there were hearts and lives changed. And I do believe it's important that we see more of those instances. But how do we get more of those? We have to pray. So I hope you join me and you start praying for revival and you start seeking revival and you want it to come and happen in our nation, in our world, our communities, as much as we do and as much as I do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you join me again in a couple weeks. Again, the first and third Monday of every month. If you're listening to this in audio format, we are on YouTube. You can search for The Modern Age Christian. You can also find various blogs on leadership, communication, and some faith-based blogs on my website. Those are nick-dyson.com, as well as you can find links to this podcast and other books and resources there as well. So please do feel free to check that out, and I hope you join me again in a couple weeks here on the podcast. This has been the Modern Age Christian Podcast. Thank you.